Good morning. It's Thursday, March 3rd, and I'm still in New Jersey. Yesterday was mom's birthday. So um, today we've got a lot to talk about and you're going to hear banging and stuff. Again, I'm in New Jersey. I'm using my Bose headphones. Um, so what did we have yesterday? Jerome Powell, essentially there were three things that were weighing on the market. The first was inflation. Inflation at 12% reading in January. Is it going to stay? How do we control it? Blah, blah, blah. Second thing that popped up all of a sudden was the Ukrainian invasion. Third thing that is out there and is, is kind of was taken off the table yesterday is the March rate increase from the Fed. Will it be a quarter of a point? Will it be a half a point? Will Jerome Powell come up with some reason not to raise? Blah, blah, blah. The lower, the better. The market's going to rally. So yesterday in his testimony, um, Powell said, hey, we're going to raise a quarter rate. So assume that's off the table. That was part of the reason for the, the hype uh, rally yesterday. Um, that was a big portion of it. He took that off the table. So now what you've got is you've got inflation and you've got the Ukrainian invasion. The Ukraine invasion, again, um, this is going to go on until Putin figures out an exit strategy. Right now, his economy is sinking. The Moscow uh, stock market has been closed for today. It'll be the fourth day it'll be closed. It has no uh, amount to open. The government has said, hey, we're going to buy $13 billion worth of stock to try and prop it up. In our market, that would, would not even be close to enough. Um, it's down about 40, 50%. The ruble is down 40%. Um, it's rallying up and down. It's all over the place. So you've got those two things kind of in the market, and that's what's causing the market uncertainty. Right now, you've got the Dow implied open is up eight. I think the NASDAQ is up like six. It's kind of flat. So what did we really do yesterday? Essentially, I stayed flat. I didn't buy my uh, Marvel Technologies. I didn't buy my Costco. I kind of sat flat. Uh, again, it was yesterday. It was mom's birthday. So I was a little bit busy. I wasn't necessarily watching the market. I was on my phone. I was looking at prices every now and then. Just nothing felt right for me to buy. Then at the end of the day, Snowflake reported. And Snowflake's report was good, not great. Um, and, and the reason it wasn't great was their contracts didn't go up. But if you know anything about Snowflake, and I, I watched the interview with Snowflake CEO last night. I like him. I'm not a huge Jim Cramer fan. I think he hypes a lot of things up like Ford and GM and uh, against Tesla. They're, they're just not going to compete against Tesla. Let's be honest. It's going to take a long time to get them up in the EV market as far as sales go. So I was watching the Snowflake interview. I liked it. Um, and that was this morning. Last night, when I looked at the Snowflake chart, I said, okay, the 52-week low is 185. Um, when you looked at the pullback, it was setting up a floor. And again, this was on a one-minute chart if you look at it. It was setting up a floor at 185. Called my friend. I said, do you see this floor too? And this all happened within three minutes. So it wasn't very long, <clears throat> but it was essentially three to five minutes after they reported it was down to 200. I said, maybe the floor is at 200, but then it started going down. I said, oh, th that 52-week low looks like it's going to be hit. Asked my friend. We looked at it on the chart, uh, looked at it, said, it's got to be 185. 185 got to be the floor. I think it got down to 184, maybe 183, but I had my price in at 185, a market order for after hours. Before I could even like contemplate going a little bit lower because it was going lower. 
it hit 185 and filled five minutes i thought oh god maybe that's not the floor it's still kind of holding there blah 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 10 minutes later it's up at 190 i said we got the floor um we did get the floor it's up around 210 this morning um let's take a look where it is um 209 209 20 it's traded all the way up to 220 um 215 i'm sorry 215 216 so it's bounced now here's the difference in what the ceo said the ceo said hey we're not a contract business we are a consumption business so the traditional SaaS model where you get people into contracts and they start using it and they're locked in for a certain amount of time that's not what snowflake does snowflake expands their services so essentially you buy a portion of the service it, they start using it they want more boom they get more they want more boom they get more uh what they've shown is an amazing uh renewal um and, and kind of residual model so essentially they're going to grow um one of the guys was saying this is a big government play as well and the u.s government uses snowflake instacart uses snowflake um we think that nato is probably going to increase its uh, data flow in snowflake um there's a large portion um it, it, one of the headlines that just came out at 759 um this morning just now morgan stanley cuts the price target from 390 to 355. well it's trading at 210 right now so uh i, I again they're not making money the market is killing anybody that's not making money. They lost $2.51 per share. I'm not sure when they're gonna actually make money. There's a lot of uh, instability in this, this particular stock. Uh, in my mind, if I didn't have it at 185, I, I think 200 might be, anything under 200 might be a good buy. I don't know where this one necessarily is gonna go, but I wanted to update you. I did post it on Twitter that I bought it at 185. Uh, the operating cash flow was really, really good with this company. Um, so again, you've got instability in the market. This was one that's down 40% after hours. Um, one of the famous sayings from Charlie at Zip Trader is any reaction in the market is an overreaction. And again, this guy, Benjamin, who I've been watching on YouTube, his videos always say, hey, when you think the market doesn't have something priced in, you're being dumb. The market's got it priced in. Before you can, can even think about it, the market's got it priced in. So that's where we were at with the Snowflake purchase yesterday. I just hadn't bought anything. I wanted to buy something. It, it, it made sense to buy something. I'm actually running low on cash, so it wasn't a very large purchase, but I got in there. Now, woke up this morning, oil's up again. Oil uh, is up two or 3%. Um, what happened yesterday was OPEC had a meeting in London right as I was doing the podcast yesterday, yesterday morning, and it took all of three minutes for them to say, hey, we're not going to pump anything more. So the feeling is that OPEC, again, oil has been kind of held down for about five to 10 years. Um, and remember, when people can make money by charging more, it's a capitalist world they're gonna charge more. Um, and so the thought is that that perhaps the US um, starts drilling more to bring the cost down. Um, perhaps China 
starts pressuring people because their economy is starting to come back. And obviously, any kind of inflation would hurt their economy as well. Those are the two largest powers in the world. If they press on, on Saudi Arabia, if, they, if the U.S. opens up some additional drilling, which isn't necessarily this administration's um, preference, I believe, uh, you know, even reserve it, releasing the reserve oil crude would kind of just halt the up. I think it was Morgan Stanley this morning or, or JP Morgan, I forget which, said, hey, releasing the reserves, you're just going to delay the inevitable. So um, that's one that that is pulling back as well. Um, let's see, there was, there's a significant, oh, Kramer hyped up Ford last night. The last portion of his, uh, his show was on Ford and GM, how they're going to, um, get over. Here's my take on the Ford. Again, Ford hyped it up yesterday. If you were buying it under 17, I, I kind of told you, Hey, it's going to get hyped up to 20. So buy it under 17. I, I don't particularly play it. I'd rather put my money long into Tesla. Um, but again, Ford is kind of the hype machine at these days with, with Kramer. And I think with some of the retail folks, um, but 17 to 20 is kind of my take on that one. Similar to what I, I think, um, Cleveland cliffs, I don't think Cleveland cliffs is as hyped. I think that's a very good business in Cleveland cliffs. So when it dips, I think you take the opportunity to buy it. Um, but Ford, I think between 17 and 20, I think that's where it's going to flounder until they can get something off the ground. Uh, and my personal take on Ford, they named their electric business Ford E, which uh, if you know, Tesla wanted to call their Tesla Model 3 E so that they would have the S, the E, the X, and the Y to spell out sexy. That was Elon Musk wanted that. Ford sent their lawyers on them and you know, Musk was like, hey, I don't have the money to fight lawyers. So we're just going to call it the Model 3 and turn the E around. Um, in my mind, since Ford called their uh, ice portion Ford Blue, I, I, listen, I, I'm I, I'm a marketer by trade. In my mind, why wouldn't you call the Ford uh, EV portion Ford Green? That doesn't lock you into electric vehicles. You could do hydrogen vehicles. You could do any kind of renewable vehicles. Maybe solar comes around and you don't have to rebrand re the company because you just did electric. Maybe there's something new that comes around where it's not necessarily quote unquote electric um, or something else. So again, I, I question whether, and, and the only value to GM, let's be honest, is the cruise edition, um, the, their self-driving division. So if they, for some reason, wind up getting, um, spinning that out, that stock is going to go crazy. Um, then that's the only reason to own GM. That's the only reason, the only reason to own Ford is for the hype rally. Um, and I didn't mention this, uh, on the, the podcast yesterday, but yesterday, if you looked at, and I posted this on Twitter two days ago, I think it was Tuesday. Um, the QQQ, uh, when you look at the triple Qs, they had a death cross on the daily. That means the 50 day is crossing, remember from yesterday, the 50 day is crossing the 200 day on under it. That's a bearish signal. Now, obviously the QQQ bounced up. It, it's it's still, the 50 day is still under the 200 day, but the cross happened just two days ago. So it's gonna take a little while to kind of come back up uh, and it'll be based on rallies and things. But that's a uh, a, a a bearish signal and my my, my caveat to that is, 
some of the plays that we've done um, over recent days with CrowdStrike, with um, uh, Palo Alto Networks, I think those are still in play just because the Russia situation is going on. Um, I, I think if you want to take profits, you're never, um, you know, don't be ever be afraid to take profits and make sure that you're out there. But some of these things may get dragged down by the markets. You see, you saw AMD a couple of days ago. AMD went from like 125 down to 110, I think. And again, that's one I've been playing from 110 to 130. I'm currently in, I think, at 114. So um, I've got a little uh, a little skin in the game there. Ooh, Kroger just announced and they beat. Um, so let's kind of go back and talk um, how... Tesla, we'll talk since we talked about Ford, Tesla Berlin got their approval, um, which should make the stock fly on a typical basis. The problem with Tesla stock recently has been in the options market. This is a super popular stock to trade options on. And that options market, when it continues to fly or there's good news, people just um, hype it up. They start buying, which actually causes the stock to go down. They start buying at the, these options. I'm again, I'm not an options expert. Uh, there are a lot more people out there who know a lot more about options than I do. But well, from what I've read, is the options market in Tesla is just that they play it so much. It's kind of like spy, uh, SPY. Um, SPY is, is a big options player. Um, people like to play those options. They don't necessarily like to own the stock. They like to play the options. Um, Tesla is kind of the same thing. There's a lot of people who like to play the options and there is a lot of options play in Tesla specifically to protect to the downside, uh, which will drive the upside up. Um, but right now it's holding it up. Um, and when they buy the the long calls, um, they aren't too far out of the money. So people are playing in the money stocks. So that's my that is the extent of what I know about Tesla. Um, with the Berlin factory opening, I have a friend who also is uh, works at Tesla um, down in Orlando, and he said they can't keep up with the deliveries. Uh, I know that the Tesla, and this is public knowledge, is sold out of its production for this year. Um, so with the, the Berlin factory opening, they may uh, increase production. They may have more in Europe. They may deliver more in Europe. Um, it might be an opportunity to look at that stock and see, hey, I, I might add to it on this one. So um, that's one. Uh, two earnings that, oh, with oil going up, by the way, um, your UCO, one of the other ones that Tom, I think his name is on Twitter, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of pulling this up. UCO is at 167 right now. Um, UCO, if you remember, I think last week we were talking at about 90. You could have doubled your money within a couple of weeks. Well, I think when I started this podcast three weeks ago, um, uh, you know, I, I had it back in 2020, didn't talk about stuff much, uh, kind of let it go in 2021. Didn't trade much, actually, to be honest, in 2021. 2022, I started this back up in, I, I think, late January and through February. And I've been doing it five days a week now. But UCO was one I played. 
uh, got a, a listener who found out about it and uh, through me has been talking about it. Great if you got in on this one. Um, Tom wants me to look at NRGO, which I don't even know what it is. I didn't pull it up before this. Uh, pop, NRGU, sorry, NRGU. Um, I don't even know what it is. Let's read what it is. Oh, it's the Bank of Montreal. Um, is that right, Tom? Let me look at my Twitter real quick to see. I know I responded to your uh, <clears throat> P-A-L-L. Uh, NRGU, Researched Oil and Leveraged Oil, NRGU. Is that the symbol? Um, let me look it up in, in Transpider. But um, <clears throat> Leveraged Oil, NRGU is ba, 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 ba. <clears throat> in, in Active Trader Pro, it's pulling up as the Bank of Montreal. Now it's pulling up Microsectors, US Big Oil. It's a three times leverage. Um, and it's got you in on this one. Wow. Um, this is just crazy. This one's leveraged all the way up. Uh, it had you, ironically, in on February 28th, which was three days ago, at 319. Um, again, this is a three times leverage. <clears throat> um, the algorithm has you in at 319. It, the RSI is significantly, well, it's 68 right now. I don't consider that significantly. You've got some gaps down here, which scare me at 180. But as long as you're seeing oil continuing to go up, I don't understand why you wouldn't, um, invest in these. So NRGU, I'll post this on Twitter. Um, Tom may have found a genius one. Tom has been just killing it, by the way. He did the um, the, uh, the the shipping company, um, which I wound up GOGL. I'll kind of go over that one again. Um, but I wound up that one. He's gotten into UCO. He's gotten into energy. This guy's doing better than me. Um, so kudos on that one. The other thing that he wanted me to look at is PALL. And I did look at PALL. It's palladium. Russia actually produces and exports 40% of the uh, palladium in the world. Um, I'm not touching anything with Russia, good or bad. I just personally, I think it's rolling the dice. I think it's, um, you know, gambling because the Russia situation, um, if you don't know yesterday, there was a report, it hasn't been necessarily confirmed, but one of the oligarchs actually put a $10 million hit on uh, Putin's head. And the tweet was deleted. Not sure if it's real. Don't know. But that's kind of how bad it is right now in Russia. Ooh, Best Buy, which we just... <laughs> I wasn't going to play Best Buy, but, you know, ironically, I, I do own Best Buy um, in an IRA. I think it's only about $10,000 worth. It's not much, uh, but it is up 8.5% uh, based on earnings. Um, so, and they're trading big in the pre-market. Um, now this one is one that's gotten all the way up to 140 back in November, uh, but that one's up. So let's talk about N, um, the P-A-L-L. I'm not touching this. It has had a run. Um, and I did reply. If you want to see it on Twitter, you can go to uh, my reply to Tom into the tweets and replies on Twitter, and you can see what I wrote to him. Um, this has you in at 220 on February 18th. 
It is severely oversold right now at 74. You had a MACD cross up. Um, you did have a, what's called a golden cross where the 50 day crossed up above the 200 day. And that was January 27th. So you've got everything moving in the right direction here. Again, trade the trend, it's going up. Um, so I, I think you could get into this one. I will post, I, I did post in my tweet and reply to Tom, um, the chart so you can see it. My particular take on this is if Russia does, and, and again, I haven't done a lot of research on the actual fundamentals of this. I'm just kind of showing you the chart um, and what I know, but I can't imagine this doesn't go higher. Again, that MACD is a little bit down. It's kind of been consolidating for the last uh, 15, 10, 15 days, but you have had a move from uh, 212 it looks like um which was a base and it's got some volume right there uh, a volume shelf all the way up to 249 today that's where it's trading so um, my assumption is that's an all-time high i think it's not a bad thing but if you want to know um look at freeport mcnamara um you know materials and uh commodities uh have been flying FCX is Freeport McNamara. And I looked at these this one the other day because it did have a downturn in January. And this one went all the way down to 34. Um, this was a huge, uh, we got a buy-in, it looks like on February 1st at 39. But it hit 34 back on January 28th. And this was in a free fall. <clears throat> it never got a, a death cross of the 50 day. It's been using that 200 day as a, a bounce point for the last, um, I, I'd say six, seven months from what I see. Um, now you've got a hammer and, and people that know hammers, that's not a good one uh, in the morning um, uh, candle yesterday, the 9.30 to 1.30 candle on the algorithm. But the algorithm has you buying in Freeport Magnumware at 39.53. This one's at 48.17. Um, this is a materials play and this, Honestly, this stock probably shouldn't move this much, but it's going to just because materials are crazy, crazy good right now. Um, they blew away earnings. It, it kind of, you know, floundered for the few, first few days after that. Um, things look good. So, again, if you're going to get into Mac, uh, Freeport McNamara, let's look at the fundamentals on this. The um, the PE is 16. Again, traditionally, the uh, S&P trades at 17. It's at about 1920 right now. Um, the 52 week high was set um, March 1st at 4955. Right now it's at 4890. So again, you'd be buying in at a huge, huge one. Um, let's look at Marvel, which reports tonight. Um, this one I was looking at, yeah, like I said, I wanted to buy it at, at anywhere under 67. It got to 65 yesterday. I wasn't actively trading, so I did not put in a buy for this one. Um, it's trading at about 68 in pre-market. Doesn't look like it's doing much. There's not much pre-market volume on this one. Um, again, I might buy this one again, depending on the action today. If I'm going to trade, I don't know if I'm trading yet today. Um, but Costco, Costco is one that's been consolidating. This one, 528, 
Uh, it was up slightly yesterday. Again, what we're looking for in Costco is if they raise the member price or they announce a special dividend, this one's probably going back to all-time highs, which the 52-week high is 571 back in December 29th. Look at Nordstrom's, look at Target, look at retailers, um, even American Eagle um, it went way up on earnings yesterday. So um, I, I think you're looking at a, a good one there. Um, we talked about Powell. So one of the other things um, that I was looking at was Jim Cramer last night. So it's what he's termed an accidental high yield on stocks. And there's several names on here that kind of caught my eye. If you want, I'll post it on Twitter. I'll post all 10 that, that he listed and some of my notes on them. I'll post that anyway. You don't have to ask. Um, but Simon Property was in there, SPG. And Simon Property is one that I traded when it was down around 40 during the pandemic. Wrote it all the way up to 60. Um, wound up selling it. Um, I think I bought it back at 65. Wound up selling it around 70, around you know 75. I was trading this one. It's pulled back significantly. It's 52 week highs back in November. Remember, we were going to play this one around earnings. It didn't pop on earnings, and it's pulled back even more. Specifically, yesterday, um, their yield as of yesterday is 4.76. That's a big yield. Um, Kramer's take on it, and, and he's been right on some, he's been wrong on others, but uh, Simon Property Group is one that I like because there's two people who like it. Kramer, Kramer kind of likes it. I like the dividend yield on it, but the other person that likes it is Josh Brown, who's on uh, CNBC a lot too, and I like a lot of his picks. And in, in my mind, is this going back down to 100? I don't think so. They've got too much earnings. They've got too much exposure to the consumer. Uh, I think Nordstrom's going up. Um, you've got Brooks Brothers. If you go to a Simon Outlet Mall, they're still kind of packed. Um, the consumer's still buying stuff. They do have some retail space. They, there was rumors that they were going to announce a, an Amazon store or an Amazon warehouse partnership where Amazon was going to use some of their stores as drop-off places, blah, blah, blah. But this one at 138, um, it's down significantly off its, off its 52-week high. Um, you only need 13 points to get 10% out of this one, but until you wait on this one, uh, and, and maybe you get it, uh, it's that you'll be collecting a 4.7% dividend. So I, I don't think that's a bad one. In my mind, that's a good one. Um, the other one that was interesting was IIPR, I think is the symbol. It's a, uh, marijuana REIT. And this one is an interesting one. They have a 3.15 dividend yield. Um, it doesn't look like the volume is enormous on this one, uh, but their dividend yield is, is good enough. It's trading at 190 today. It closed at 190, closed up, and it ran up yesterday. But um, let me pull it up in TrendSpider and take a look at this chart, IIPR. Um, so it's got a good dividend yield, um, and it has, yeah, you can see it's been beaten up here, um, quite a bit. Uh, I'm waiting for TrendSpider to actually come up. I'm going to need to re refresh this one real quick. Um, sorry, my internet is 
is a little bit slow right now. But uh, this one, I can tell from the chart. Let's go look, look at the fundamentals. It, it has a PE ratio of 41. So it, it's quite high. I don't know why he would recommend a one with a 41. He's usually crazy about not doing um, high. It did have a death cross here. Um, wait for these dates to pull up. Oh, come on, Transpider. Um, January. It had January twelve, um, January sixth. It had a, a death cross, uh, and it's been kind of floundering since. The fifty-day looks like it's starting to move a little bit up. Um, the algorithm, if you, for a thousand candles, you would have made one hundred and nine percent buying and hold. You would have made one hundred and four percent, so you still would be up on this one. It has us in this one at one eighty-eight. It doesn't look like it's severely overbought. The RSI is at 53. Um, in my mind, this was the only reason I bring this up, and I haven't done a lot of uh, research into this one, is it interests me with marijuana. Um, this is something where you can get into the marijuana space. If marijuana is legalized, these guys make a lot of money, blah, 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 the whole thing. Um, the uh, One of the other ones that, that caught my eye was Morgan Stanley. Now, if you know Morgan Stanley, uh, it's 52 week high was 109. I bought it 109. Uh, it has pulled back to $88 in the last three weeks. I bought it the exact high. Uh, it's got a yield of 3.8%. It was a small, I think it was only a $3,000 buy for me. So I nibbled on it because I knew it was 52 week high. Didn't get it on the way down. I'm still waiting to add to my position on this one. Um, this one and Morgan Stanley, the algorithm would have you out on this one. Um, the MACD looks like it's about to cross up. Uh, my guess is $88. Let's look at the, the fundamentals on this. Um, the PE ratio is 11, um, which is a little bit high for a financial one. Um, but the 52 week low is 76. So you're going all the way back to uh, March of last year. So if you bought it in March of last year, you really haven't made out any money on it uh, other than the dividend. The dividend yield is 3.17. So you've made a good amount of dividend if you have held it, but you could have probably made much more money buying and selling it. Um, in fact, let's look at the algorithm to see over a thousand candles. Uh, ironically, a thousand candles, you would have made 101%. Uh, buying and holding, you would have made 110%. So you would have made more money just buying and holding this one. Um, so my apologies, but my dogs are uh, getting up. Um, so the other one that I think, and I have gone on a long time, like I said, today was going to be a long one. Norwegian Cruise Line, NCLH. This one dipped under 20 um, I like it when it dips under 20. I typically dip my toes in the water. I have not. Um, this one, uh, they're still losing money, uh, but cruising when you open up is going to go crazy. It's gonna go nuts and this is totally a, a reopen play. So I think Norwegian, again, the 52 week high on this one is 34, which was actually uh, a year ago. One year ago, um, this is one, you know, again, I see cruise lines. Once Omicron kind of ended, 
I think you're going to start to see there's a volume shelf here on the daily. It looks like if you're going to buy this, buy it between 905 and 914. It's trading at 1913 right now. So 19, 1905 to 1914 looks like the opportunity to buy. Let's pull it up in TrendSpider and see NCLH, Norwegian Cruise Line. Um, the actual chart on this one says, come on, TrendSpider. Um, we are out of it. We were out of it with a 0.3% uh, gain on the last one, February 18th. The MACD looks like it's going to cross up today if we see an up day. Uh, so my expectation is we would see an up day on this one. The last death cross on this one happened November 26th. And I'm going to have to go back to a daily to see kind of, I'll go back to a daily. Again, these death crosses happen at different times on different, depending on your uh, the level of the chart. But the last death cross on this one on a daily happened August 20th and it hasn't recovered. It hasn't even used the 200 day or the 50 day as a support, a support level. It's broken all kinds of support on this one. Um, I just don't see a, a lot. Again, they, they used to have a dividend. Um, they don't have a dividend anymore. Um, this is one that I just kind of see as perhaps uh, oversold. The RSI on the daily is down at 40, so it's not completely oversold. Um, the squeeze, that it, which is in the BBKC squeeze, which is at the bottom of one of the indicators at the bottom of my thing. Um, this was completely oversold November 30th when it was down to 22, and it kind of popped up, it looks like, to about 21, 22. And then it kind of just floundered there for a while and then has just recently just just knocked down. Um, but their cruise ships are full. Omicron's over. I think it's an opportunity. Um, I, I just think there's better opportunities out there for qu quicker turnarounds. Um, so let's see. Again, I've gone on probably a long time today. Uh, Broadcom, um, I don't know what their earnings. We went over that one yesterday, but it didn't shocked me or anything it wasn't like a big news story so um i think that's it uh i'll post kramer's 10 best accidental high yields um i'll post some charts if there's something that i don't post just remind me and you're listening hopefully you found this useful because i did kind of just go on oh one other one that that kramer mentioned to yesterday that i like that i have in my portfolio is pfizer um, their their issue has been over the years that they had a huge pa uh, patent cliff and that that would just kill the company. They've pulled back from the 50s down to, I think, 47 or so. So it, he thought, saw it as an opportunity. Um, I just don't, don't know that I necessarily agree with that. It's got a great dividend. I've held it for years, a small position. Uh, I would have been better off putting my money somewhere else. And that's kind of why I'm biased on it. So uh, any questions, hit me up on Twitter. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. And my apologies for such a long one today.